Listening to Starshot, a Cortex actual play. I'm Kirby, your host and game master, and this is a Dorothy and Poke chapter. Dorothy, Dorothy, right? That's that's your name. Yes. How fast do you run? I can get out of here in a hurry if need be. Why? Is Dorothy still wearing the uniform? Yes. All right, Dorothy. You and I are going to run towards that siren as fast as we can. Can you figure out where that siren's coming from? It's a little tricky with all this sound bouncing around. I'm old, not deaf. We're going to run towards that sound, and we're going to buy these guys some time. That's the best I got. Well, it's better than whatever I've got. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'm going to have the two of you roll. This roll isn't so much as whether or not you can run. It's, it's, it's a pretty straightforward run. It's just a matter of whether or not you can move fast enough to actually intercept this incoming uh, convoy, right? Uh, so you're going to be rolling physical plus move. If you have anything else on your character sheet you would like to roll, maybe distinctions or something that would be relevant here, you can also add that die to your dice roll. Uh, I don't think I have anything that's really appropriate, so I'm going to stick with just the d8 plus d6. So pretty low stakes. Uh, this The stakes have been set to 5. Rig this whole thing, Kirby. That's why I run this website. Uh, it all makes sense now. All right. all right. Roll better, Dorothy, please. Well, I can't promise much of anything. I'm a d6 for physical and a d4 for move, so... <laughs> as long as she knows where we're going, that's the key. Tracking this sound. Dorothy is about to outrun your ass. Oh, and you rolled a jinx, so that's actually a 3 that you rolled. And Dorothy rolled the jinx. I'm going to... Uh, so keep in mind, you do both start out with plot points. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend one of those for sure on this. The two of you begin to run across the orange blades of grass that cover much of Janus and begin to make your way down the small path obscured by the various trees and such and brush downhill until finally you make it onto the main road we have a shot of you two coming from the tree line, and it should be noted that this little path that you just ran down that you originally drove up, which was barely big enough for the semi-truck that you brought here, is very easy to conceal. And so it's very easy for someone to just shoot by if they aren't explicitly looking for it. You can hear the sirens making their way up. Uh, you, in fact, arrived just in time to see one of the first cars around the bend up the road. I think I'm going to buy those jinxes from you two. Uh, so both of you are going to have a complication, which is winded D6. Okay. So can, can, can we see the at least one car now? At least one vehicle of some kind? Yes. I start frantically waving it down. I, I'm just trying to jump around and make as much noise and, and kind of movement as possible and get his attention. You flag down the first uh, vehicle. It is a police cruiser uh, that comes uh, screeching to a halt uh, before you. Uh, and in the time that is coming toward you, there is a second vehicle that is following very close behind. They have, at this point, turned off the sirens, but they still have the flashing lights. I need lights. you to roll uh, The police trick. cruiser comes to a stop before you, probably all of like 10 feet away. And uh, two uniformed officers step out. These are officers in as much sense as the officers at the mall were, uh, which is to say you're pretty sure that they're imposters. When them, the driver steps out and immediately 
runts. Uh, he's like, oh, fucking, what kind of shit did I just step in? And he's busying himself, like, looking at his boots. Meanwhile, his partner coming out the passenger side is uh, coming out gun drawn but not pointed at you two. Or, yeah, not pointed at either one of you. And she actually looks to Dorothy, who is currently still dressed in her officer uniform. She is looking for some sort of signal on your part. What would you like to do? I hold my hand up and I say, stand down. She's a little confused by this. Uh, she looks over her partner who has finally come around the uh, cruiser and also has a sidearm drawn. And her partner, the driver, says, what do you mean stand down? What's, go what's going on here? Where where's the truck? Thank God you're here. There are there are these imposter police officers. They were in West Sands. They're following us. We were trying to get rid of them, but thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. Genuine, you know, real police officers. Finally, just like my friend here. In this situation, I think Dorothy can probably reasonably lend you her trick die. Uh, so, Dorothy, your trick is a d6. You're going to be making a social plus trick uh, poke. Stakes are set to 10. Yep. Nothing. Nine. Nine's the best. Fail again. Yeah, I see that you have a nine. Keep in mind that you can spend a plot point. Uh, you have two plot points. You can spend a plot point to uh, keep one of those extra uh, other dice that then factor into your total and add it to your total. So like that, you can spend a plot point to get that three. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I've got, if I've got two, I might as well do it. I got I got to pass something before they I get gunned down here. So I'll I'll, I'll spend one plot point down to one plot point uh, to get to to twelve. The two of them holster their weapons. One of them flags the other cruiser. None of the officers had exited from that cruiser. And the person uh, casually, in trying not to subtly uh, remove the shit from his boot, says, all right, well, where are the clones? What's going on? Lay on me. So they, were, they, they stole a truck, but then another truck came, and that, but that truck was a fake truck. And a third truck showed up, and this was like a big red truck, and that that red truck they loaded some of the clones on, but then they had some fake clones they put on the other truck. So then there was these three trucks, one was red, one was blue, I think one was green, and the red one definitely went west, but the green one went south. But the green one was the one with the real clones. Wait, no, hold on. No, the green one had the clones, the blue one had the fake clones, and the green one was empty. Did I say green twice? Which one am I forgetting? Uh, purple, dear. There was, well, it was more of a... Well, it was more of a magenta. Um... Right, right, magenta. That's exactly right. So the magenta one was was it was empty, right? So don't go to, don't don't go for the magenta one. Well, I think that it wasn't. I thought I saw there was an armed there was an armed uh, what, what's the word like a, a attaché on there? A sort of yeah. You know, one or two individuals on there. I couldn't see. I I don't remember if there was any clones, but definitely that one that one had the hostiles. So the purple one, yes, the purple one you should approach with extreme caution. I don't know about the other ones. I didn't see any armed miscreants on the other ones, so they may be more likely to defend it. Exactly right. What exactly what she said? He whistles and basically looks over to his partner who has uh, taken out this pad um, for reference. Pads are just your tablets in the, f in the future. They're touchscreen. They're completely translucent. They have foldable glass that is actually nice and works. And she is exasperated. She looks up to her partner and says, we don't have signal out here. We're going to have to, we're going to have to just follow their directions. 
and hopefully we catch them in time. And with that, the two of them like half jog to the cruisers before ducking into the cabin of the police cruiser. The driver uh, says and says this directly to Dorothy since Dorothy, you're wearing the cop's outfit. Do you need a ride or something? What's your deal? Well, basically, uh, you know, in all the fracas, well, my cruiser was, we abandoned my cruiser in order to uh, grab the truck that we were on. But when it was hijacked, well, we're sort of left without anything now at this point. So, yes. Right, but, but I'm, I, I'm an expert mechanic, though. I can fix that broken down cruiser of yours. Just, we need a few hours, though, to fix it. But we, we don't want to slow you guys down. Right. No, that's that's a fair point, actually. Okay, yeah, because if we will at this point, I think we'd probably just slow you down. Um, plus, we'd cover more ground that way if we if we you know took off in the directions that we were discussing, and this way we can send you in the other way. They think right now it's just oh, it's only us following all four. Was it five of them? But this way we can get the jump on them. They're not expecting reinforcements. Wait, wait can I can I draw you a map of the area to try to help you? I think I know where they might be going. Can, do you have a, a? Can I borrow that pad real quick? Uh, if you really want the pad, um, we could probably do a roll for it. Uh, but I think otherwise, he's just wants to get a move on. Well, I, I, this is a delaying tactic, obviously. So I think I think I'm willing to roll for it. Sure. Why don't you go ahead and roll your social plus? Uh, I think influence is more appropriate here. But stakes are set to five. Got it. Okay. So I'm gonna roll a d d8 and a d10. Another subpar roll, but I guess it's above it, at least. Yeah, I would say so. So you raise the stakes with a 7. I think what happens here is that he does, like, wave at the other cruiser uh, and does this little uh, thing with his finger. And so the cruiser uh, begins to pull up alongside his vehicle so that they can chat. Meanwhile, the woman that was holding onto the pad rolls down her window because she had already entered the cruiser and hands you the pad. So I, I proceed to draw an, an accurate but highly detailed map of the area as much as I can. I mean, giving them it's giving them general directions in, ter in terms of our kind of phony story. But the idea is I, I want to spend at least five minutes like really drawing this map. I'm not trying to push my luck too much, but I want to look like I'm really invested in this drawing yeah i think five minutes is probably the threshold of their t yeah. uh, patience for this so no that's that's perfect so yeah you draw draw out this map she says you're a mechanic you you missed your chance to be a cartographer in any case the two cruisers uh, begin to take off at high speeds they turn on the sirens which frankly isn't really necessary there is so few, there's so little traffic between cities that there's no one on the road anyways most of the time. Leaving you two uh, behind on the side of the road and a high sense of relief. And, and just to be clear, the map that I drew and the directions that I kind of was vaguely giving in a, in a horrible way were all not towards where the caravan is. Does that make, is that safe to say? Yeah, so they do a, a U-turn and go straight to the caravan. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. I just want to make sure that that's still, you know, if, if that was the case. If I, if I sensed that they were still heading in the direction towards caravan, I would change my plan. But So I, I look at Dorothy and kind of shrug my shoulders and go, I guess we walk back to the caravan. I mean, we could walk all the way back to West Sands, but that doesn't seem very fun. Well, I haven't any better ideas. Now my business there is finished. Well, that's a that's a awfully mean way to talk about my my home, but that's that's okay. We'll we'll, we'll figure that out later. No, oh, well, I'm sorry. You have a lovely home. 
Uh, and I start walking towards. I mean, keeping keeping a definite like lookout, keep my eyes peeled for any other interlopers, but heading in the general direction back towards the caravan. Yeah, I think we cut to ten minutes later with the two of you arriving back into the enclave. At this point, Zach has loaded up the transport. The one other person working with him here at the Enclave is in the driver's seat uh, doing the final checks and is gearing up to take off before Zach, uh, who is outside the bus, holds up a hand telling him to stop when after seeing the two of you. Zach uh, does a little half jog to meet you halfway and says, I don't hear any more sirens. You, you two get rid of them? We got rid of them, but I've got a, I've got a question for you, Zach. Sure. Have you heard anything happening elsewhere? Just anything at, the, at all out of the ordinary about clones? Any of, the, any of our clone workforce? Anything at all? He scratches the back of his neck uh, and half grimaces. He says, because it seems like he's feeling a little guilty. He says, uh, well, to be honest, our, our radio hasn't been working the last couple of days. I don't know what's wrong with it, but been getting nothing but static at best. So, uh, needless to say, we've we've been out of the loop uh, as to what was going on in the city. I, I was actually figuring I could ask you that. Well, I wish I could tell you the answer to that question, Zach. But where are you, where are you headed next? Where's the next stop on this caravan? Uh, he begins to go over uh, several points. There are three checkpoints between here and Stepping Stone. And without any real instruction, he was just going to shuttle them to Stepping Stone uh, via the usual routes. Okay. So I need you to do me a favor with these guys. They they don't really know that they're in danger, but they're in danger. And I don't know why they're in danger. Something's connected between the destruction of the Aspiration and, and the abduction of these clones or the attempted abduction. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but I do know... There's something going on in Janus that I that puts all of us at risk, and these clones especially. And you know what we what we believe and what we choose how we choose to approach life and the support of that life. And uh, how would that be for the uninitiated? Yeah, uh, who's this lady again? I don't feel comfortable talking in mixed company, and I already feel kind of. Uh... Well, kind of nervous, to be honest. I, I understand. This is Dorothy. Dorothy is working with us. Dorothy is... Dorothy Sanger, Sanger Farms. Yeah, you may have heard, the name may ring familiar to you. The last name, at least. Yeah, you're that, uh... You're part of that crazy family out on the uh, other side of the fringes. About as far as civilization will take you. And then some. I say, Mr. Polk, if this is the sort of company that you keep... Zach... We're, we need to we need to hitch a ride with this caravan too, and I don't know where we're going yet, but we need to get these these clones to safety. And whether that means we disperse them along the way or we take them somewhere safe in Stepping Stone, I don't know yet. I don't have a plan. All I know is that we've got to figure out something, or else there could be a lot of dead people on this planet soon. Okay, said. So, uh, am I loading up two more pilgrims then? Interested parties, I, I presume. And, and the ways of the few. Okay. Uh, how, how about those other uh, friends of yours? The one that ones that took off in that truck? You, you meeting up with them? As much as I want to make sure they're okay, I get the feeling they're, they're fine. I'm afraid they're on a path of their own, religious or otherwise, that differs from ours, and we must respect that. Also, I'd like to get the hell out of this wilderness. 
That makes two of us. Zach, and I, I step onto the caravan. See you later, Poke. Uh, you all keep safe. The roads haven't uh, haven't been too safe lately, from what I hear. And he's uh, he's saying that like half climbed in on the bus with you uh, after the two of you have already boarded. Does uh, does Poke have a gun? I do not. I don't know how how you feel about one of these. And he takes off the gun belts that he was wearing and hands you a pistol. Uh, this is very much not like Dorothy's old hunting rifle, uh, which is primitive compared to uh, this pistol. But nevertheless, he basically practically shoves it in your possession. He says, I don't know if you heard, but we we had a bus go. And he uh, quiets down once he realizes how t- loud he was talking. Well... We, we we had a bus go missing. On top of that, the uh, the furs have been pretty pretty rambunctious lately. Uh, I I don't want you two to get caught off guard. So this is standard issue now for us for our for our order. Like I, I kind of I, I look I'm very skeptical of this. Mister Polk, if I may, I think that this situation is anything but standard. I re- I reluctantly take the. The, uh, holster and gun but i don't even put it on i'm just, I'm just kind of holding it in the seat per- perhaps it's none of my business but it seems to me if i'm understanding the situation right you're all members of a religious order that considers themselves to be pacifists yes in a manner of speaking right well i have no particular convictions re- about religion or uh, about any about dealing with any sort of threat that comes my way if you have any sorts of trepidations about you know firing on innocent life that's fine I'm more than capable than taking of taking care of myself. I'll be happy to do the same for all of you, if it will mean the difference between, uh, well, you uh, having peace with your God uh, or not. And I just hold up my rifle as a, as a sort of a gesture. Well, I hope that you understand that now that you're with us in this caravan, that you keep an extra eye out for your own restraint. There's always a second path. Duly noted. I think wordlessly, uh, Zach lets the two of you kind of go back and forth on this. He nods to the bus driver, a, a young man who is about the same age as him, uh, dark brown skin, hazel eyes, and Zach says to him, I guess just take them to the first checkpoint and we'll see what they have to say over there. Best of luck. And he walks off the uh, bus. The two of you watch Zach grow smaller and smaller, off in the distance uh, here on your position on the bus, and eventually you can't see him anyways with all the trees and such as you head deeper within the forest of the fringes. Tell me, uh, how do the two of you pass time? I I spend most of the time talking to the clones and just kind of, uh, not not trying to interrogate them, but mostly just trying to conversationally get an understanding of their kind of last few days. And Dorothy, how do you spend the time? Uh, we're talking about half a day before you even reach this checkpoint of theirs. Well, I spend the time cleaning my rifle, sort of listening to you know what Polk's discussing with the clones, and occasionally butting in with a question of my own because you know after all I'm still trying to understand a little bit about really that's just the nature of the clones. I mean we we we're, we're pretty much just using exclusively bioroids on the farm, so it's all sort of new to me. I mean, all of this is new, but since I'm spending a lot of time with them, I figure I may as well learn more about them. Uh, Poke, I'm sorry, would, uh, would you say you were asking the clones specifically, or did you not specify? I, in, a, in a roundabout way, I'm trying to talk to them about the last few days in West Sands. Just kind of day-to-day activities, going to work, going home, 
but the whole purpose of it is to kind of to glean any potential things out of the ordinary, things that are out of, out of their typical rhythms that they might have seen or experienced or just kind of noticed. Absolutely. When we do another roll here, uh, there is a minor bit of risk, so I think it's warranted for another roll. That said, it's probably going to be low stakes. I'm just going to roll 2d4. Okay, yeah. Uh, stakes is zero. I would suggest just going ahead and roll because you, you can still get one of those hero dice. And uh, yeah, let's, let's see how this pans out. Okay. I, I think there's still potential left for spending plot points. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to use my caring, gain one plot point when I roll a d4 instead of a d8 and, and go down into a d4. Does that work? Yeah, that works. Uh, so what that trigger kind of represents is it basically says that your distinction is relevant, but something about your distinction is actually making it harder for you. Uh, so oh I see okay yeah so that's that's basically what it represents I think the example in the book because uh, again it's Firefly right so the example in the book is like oh uh, well Mal's a brown coat so he really resonates well with other brown coats or former brown coats right but if he walks into an Alliance outpost well being a brown coat actually works against him so I I think what what is difficult for me is trying to get through to these clones who are generally kind of oblivious to the the, the stakes at play. The kind of the other the machinations that there is something worth there is some you know kind of something worth in, in, interrogating and investigating about their day they, they, they trying to try to get through the the chaff essentially to the you know to what to dig down into their actual meaningful existence does that does that work yeah that works you could do a social plus you know what you can do a social plus focus i think this is more about like your resolve to get through like these interviews while still being caring and just generally approachable because you're starting to realize just how fickle is probably not the right word for them but i'm going to use it anyways you're you're learning how fickle and sort of naive these clones are kind of superficial in, the, in their general yes d- demeanor yeah okay and this is rather different than they usually are, being more superficial. Uh, Dorothy, you wouldn't know that just yet, but I think we'll we'll encompass that little storytelling in this role as well. Uh, so yeah, you're looking at social focus and uh, caring, which has been rolled back to a D4. Well, that, that, there's that caring dive giving me a little complication, but... Yeah, uh, well, I'm not going to buy that complication. So you set the stakes to an 8. Uh, so yeah, you spend the next couple hours uh, chatting with these various clones. Uh, they sit quietly. It actually takes them a little bit before they finally start to relax. And I think while you're talking to each and every one of them, you're starting to see the little cracks in their happy-go-lucky, and their generally happy-go-lucky demeanors, right? You're starting to see the anxiety that's under there. You're starting to see the concerns and the questionings that they want to ask but society has conditioned them to not ask questions like that right and you know you're supposed to respect authority and i think what actually helps you here is the fact that dorothy is still walking around with a police uniform on uh and hovering by you because she also wants to learn about these clones but you learn that over the last couple of days nothing had been particularly odd about their day they woke up they did their morning exercises, uh, their team building exercises. They went to the mall and closed up shop day after day after day, so long as the mall was open. They did note that there was a 
team meeting where where they were informed about the disaster of the aspiration and so that seems to have them on edge but they you know if you press them they really and genuinely just can't put a finger on what about that bothers them but yeah nothing out of the ordinary well i guess that's something at least uh the bus driver who you have learned has recently joined the few he's been part of the few for the last couple months and started just started driving this route uh, earlier this week on his own has finally arrived to the next checkpoint but he doesn't take you into the shuttle bay this checkpoint has like an actual shuttle bay that can intake the bus and fuel up and all that stuff uh, but the bus driver uh, we'll call him terrence he actually brings the bus to a stop and i think is at this point like you're at the back of the bus uh having the last of your conversations with the last of the clones when you you can feel the bus coming to a complete stop uh, but you don't quite see through the front window of what terrence is looking at all you see is that terrence is gripping the steering wheel and then he puts the bus in reverse but he hasn't started moving the bus yet. What do you do? So how far back am I on the bus? Like how many rows? You're like 20 rows back. You're you're as far back as you can be on that bus. All right. I kind of sharply just go, Terrence, is there a problem? Oh, uh, uh, no, no, no problem. Uh, but maybe you want to come, uh, maybe you want to come check this out. He's very nervous when he talks, but you can tell that he is trying not to rile up the other pilgrims here. And he is essentially half turned in the seat, waving you on. I think we smash cut with the with a view of the three of you, because presumably Dorothy, you would want to join in as well, staring out the windshield of this bus. And we have the next series shot of the bus doing that, right? What you see is horrifying. Much of the wilderness around Stepping Stone, you don't really get to see out uh, West Sands since West Sands is in a desert, right? But much of the wilderness around Stepping Stone is this luscious blue and orange, uh, for the most part, uh, flora. That doesn't say that there aren't any other colors, it's just the colors that dominate the scenery. Uh, what you see here is a lot of teal and black. You see the checkpoint up ahead. It's a very squat building made up of recycled material, of course. Uh, go against the proposal using anything else but it is utterly covered with these black tendrils, it seems, that seem to almost breathe. These tendrils have pierced some of the structure, has certainly snaked its way in through the windows, and the surrounding uh, forestry here, just, just in this little tucked away alcove, because I think all the checkpoints are kind of tucked away off the main road. Nothing but black bark, and and teal leaves and that's uh, as everyone knows whether you believe in the world soul or you're a world soul denier is supposedly the color of the other the corrupt evil side of the world soul because evidently the world soul not only has one personality but multiple personalities i look at dorothy and i i don't think we should get out of the vehicle I think that that's a fairly safe assumption. But we can't go back where we came from. This is true also. So we're kind of at an impasse. Yes. 
Right. Dorothy, you actually have an all-encompassing knowledge check, uh, which is about the world itself, because you have a specialty in just Janus, period, which is the name of the world, right? Yeah, so that actually plays for you. So if you were to do a mental plus no plus Janus, then you have that going for you. All right. Uh, but let me set the stakes here. You can probably do your top colonial farmer as well. Actually, before I roll, is there anything specific that you're trying to learn about this? I, I guess, is, would there have been any way that we could protect ourselves from what's out there? You know, if we need to venture out, you know, from here, is there any, anything that we could do to protect ourselves? I think I'm going to roll a pair of d6s for this when I set the stakes. All right. Stakes have been set to 10. And uh, Poke, you can actually just loan your no die as well. That would be a d6 and a, also a d6 for xenology. Good heavens. And actually, uh, you do have a trigger here. Oh, wait. No, that's for influence or survive. Um, actually, I don't think influence really factors here. I think uh, we should maybe, if it's okay with you, I think we should change that from influence or survive to no or survive. All right. So in order for this trigger to work, you would actually have to educate poke and other people or other people here about what's going on um, and then you spend a plot point and you get to double your no die so that means you would get 2d8 from no is that is that something you want to do you still have two plot points i believe that's fine by my count you should be rolling 4d8 plus 2d6 one of them's coming from you and then that trigger that we just discussed doubles your uh, dice for no for the no skill i think that'll do it Good heavens. Okay, so you have set the stakes to 8 plus 7 is 15. You get a big damn hero die. Uh, so uh, go ahead and know on your sheet that you have a d6 um, on top of whatever hero dice you might already have in your bank. I would say you knocked this out of the park. So Dorothy, you know a couple of things. One, it's generally advised not to be exposed to the atmosphere uh, when you're in areas that's dominated by this coloring flora, uh, the black and teal that is, uh, because there is normally like little micro particles that you might have severe reactions to. In addition, uh, and so your your advice not to go there without like any sort of like environmental suit for very long. And then in addition to that, you there there are predators no matter where you're at on Janus. But the predators uh, within within these areas tend to be more ferocious, uh, more they're not any more dangerous than any other predator, but they do seem to have a real hunger uh, for humans. And then finally, uh, the last thing that you would know is that people don't build in the middle of black and teal forest areas except for the occasional guardians of eden uh, outposts which all those outposts don't last long so then it would it be possible that this checkpoint initially was not in fact in a teal and black area but it sort of erupted around the stru existing structure that'd be a fair assumption okay and you said that uh, they're particularly hungry for humans. Now, does that mean that they'll only go after humans or the humans in particular? Uh, like, would the clones be, be safe necessarily? Yeah, so the predators that uh, roam around the safety 
of the orange and blue areas. I mean, they'll go after humans if provoked. Uh, the teal and black predators uh, that, well, the predators that hang out in these areas where the teal and black is dominant, they're like wasps. They, they don't care whether you were bothering them or not. They will go after you. Whether they're hungry or not, they will go after you. And they have been known to even toy with human prey, uh, no matter the predator. What about, uh, what about the clones? I mean, would they be just as likely to you know, attract the attention of these things? I think it's a good assumption that they would be. I see. All right, well, I explained this to the assembled group. And that's basically about the, uh, the size of it, you know. Uh, we're really at risk just for going out there unless we've got any sort of environmental protection. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't generally carry around a hazmat suit, so I don't really know um, if we should even stop here. Maybe we should just power on through. I don't know. How about this? I would propose I'm going to spend a plot point here to say that these these buses are frequently in terrain that's unfriendly and hostile, and occasionally passes through or near places where the the more aggressive part of the world soul is. And so, in lieu of a full complement of environmental suits, they are rugged and kind of slapdash, but they do have a pretty good kind of scrubbing system for the environmental air. It's like, well, Terrence, I want to ask you someone who, who drives this route frequently. We have to get the stepping stone or somewhere on the way there. Clearly there's no way around. Or is there something, you know, a way to get around this? I can drive this bus back to the main road. And we just take the main road and skip any of the checkpoints. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, sorry, this, this is like only the second time I made this trip. And I was told to just always hit the checkpoints. Always hit the checkpoints. They're supposed to be safe. And here we are. And I'm kind of freaking out, man. Uh, Terrence, I get it. I'm, t I'm totally with you. I'm freaking out a little bit, too. It's been a weird day. It's been a weird day for all of us. A few bus on the main roads off of this given path is going to be a lot. Could draw a lot of suspicion. And I can't risk these clones doing that. Now I'm going to ask you something, to do something that you may not like. We need to drive through this. He visibly swallows. Uh, okay, okay. If, if if you're sure, needs a very strong word. How long have you been with our or our order? Uh, Sixty-seven days, and probably four hours right now. He's checking his like little watch. You've done a great job so far. You've saved countless lives just by showing up. But I need you to go a little bit farther. What we do is we protect life. And right now, there's a whole lot of life on this bus, and only one way to protect it. Can you do that with me, Terrence? I could do that. I, I, I could definitely do that. Uh, and he he says, uh, I think he glances over his shoulders. I think at this point, like, the clones have definitely become more talkative among one another, uh, whereas previously they had been sitting quietly for, like, hours. Wyndham actually chimes in when he logs eye contact with Terrence, who's, like, half-turned in his seat, just glancing back at the clones, says, Hey, uh, hey, Handsome John here. Um, and everyone else is chiming in. Hi, Handsome John. Yeah, um, I kind of need to use the restroom. Do you, do you think we'll be making a restroom stop anytime soon? There, Well, fortunately enough, our fantastic services of a few caravans contain one solid c-plus bathroom in the back so handsome john you're welcome to use that for whatever needs you may be okay yeah he gets up and goes to use bathroom meanwhile terrence is caught between being a little uh 
puffed up by your inspirational speech there, uh, but also just looking forward at that daunting sight before him. And he remarks, half squinting uh, over his wheel. Holy shit. Are those are those branches still still growing? How, how does it grow that fast? Or you know what? Never, never mind. I'm just I'm just not gonna look that way, and we're we're just we're just gonna speed right on by it. Um, you two might want to buckle up. So he puts the bus in drive, and it takes a second for the bus to get up to speed. But he does uh, bring the bus up to speed as safely as he thinks he can bring it. I think we have like an overhead view that you 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 two wouldn't be aware of on the bus, uh, but the audience can see that the surrounding uh, forestry, where there's like this clash of the good forest areas and this bad corrupted forest area, we can see that corruption slowly spreading, just just fast enough to see it on the screen. And I think that's where we are going to bring this episode to an end. Thank you.